Good oh, evening. Man. Good evening. Today is June 19th, 2023. We are studying the big, big, big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is the prefaces, the forward, or the stories. And our speaker tonight is Kevin Kay. Thank you, Kevin. Take it away. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Kevin Kay. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, <clears throat> I didn't realize I was going to be recorded or maybe I wouldn't be wearing a Captain America costume, but um, I'm not going to talk too much about that because it's part of an outside program. But um, I'm, I'm happy to be speaking to you today because I've had a powerful breakthrough in my life around uh, my relationship with a uh, power greater than myself. And, um, and especially I love that this is the choose your own conception meeting because, um, that was what worked for me was being able to like define for myself, like, or to find what my higher power truly is. Cause like I already had one, I just needed to connect with it. And in order to do that, I needed to let go of all the things that I was told about it. Um, also I'm happy to be speaking here because I am for today recover a recovered member of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I came to program in 2020, like partway through the pandemic. Um, I was binging every day and it got to the point, even though I knew that every area of my life would be better if I wasn't overeating, like it didn't matter. Like I, I it was pointless to try to talk myself into it, to try to create any sort of accountability around it. I tried an outside program. I tried um, a, several different diets um, and each one would work one time. And then if I took a break from it and then try to come back, it wouldn't work. Um, and it got so, um, it got to the point where when every part of me wanted to stop and I couldn't, when I would like, it would require all of my willpower to get to like 4 p.m and stay underneath my calorie count for the day and then double it like 30 minutes later like it took me to a really dark place because I was like looking into the abyss and I realized that I didn't know how long it was going to take that I would I knew I was on the road to committing suicide and I didn't know if that was going to be a year or five years or 10 years, but like, I knew that's where the path I was on led and like everything I tried to get off that path didn't work. And, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had a first step experience at that point, which was that I decided, I decided I was worth saving and it was worth asking for help. And that was a really hard one for me to ask for help because like growing up, I had all this, like, like it was all about looking good. And so my family, like they always like whispered about people who had issues, like, Oh my God, someone has issues. And, um, it was always like a hush hush thing. And there was like a lot of pride in like being successful and being competent and like just having my life together. And so I was really good at faking that. And I was terrified that if I told people what was actually going on, that like everyone would be like, Ooh, like, like I thought my friends would be like, if I told them what I was doing with the food, that they would like, be like, wow, 
Kevin, that's, that's a lot. Um, and then just stop inviting me to things and not want to have me around anymore. And, and I was terrified that my family would judge me, that my friends would judge me and that basically I would be alone. I would just be some crazy person like on a, in therapy somewhere with no friends and just be completely alone. But uh, I was so desperate. I was like, I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to ask for help. And so I decided to ask for help. And boom, I had done step one. I admitted I needed help and I was powerless. And um, so I started therapy. And then from therapy, I ended up in OA. And um, in OA, like I had this idea in my head that like my life was like was going great. Like I just had this pesky little food problem and then I would be fine. And um, what I didn't realize was that, no, actually the food is probably like the least of my, in fact, food isn't even the least of my problems. It's the solution. Like I was eating food. I was medicating myself with food because like, because I was a walking basket case, basically like mind blowing intimacy issues uh, an inability to be authentic, to tell the truth, um, to have any integrity. Um, like my relationships were a disaster and I didn't know why. And like what I found is that like, I need to completely retool everything. And like a big, like a big part of that was learning a new way of life. So one of the things that was uh, causing me, like there were the two big things going on with me when I joined program was uh, resentment toward my parents and uh, guilt over the way I treated my younger siblings growing up. And I learned, I was so mad at my parents. It was like, I was thinking about it every day and I was trying to, I was trying to figure out how to write them a letter that would make them understand what they had done. Cause I blamed them for everything. Um, and so I was trying to write a letter. I just wanted them to understand what they had done to me. And, um, and I just couldn't get the words right. And it was all I could think about. And then I came to a program and I learned that there's a different way, which is um, that I'm going to pray for this person. If I resent someone, which I resented my parents, I pray for them every day and I ask God to give them everything I would ever want for myself, like health, wealth, happiness, freedom, joy, love, connection, like anything I want in my life, like I would ask God to give it to them. And um, it was really hard to pray that prayer because it felt like a lie, like praying for them, like the words felt empty and it was like, it was hard to say. But after, like after two weeks, I started to notice like it wasn't so intense anymore. And after two months, all that resentment was gone. And all I had left for my parents was compassion. And I could see that they were hurt people. Like I could, I could feel for my mom and like, and I, I know some of the stuff that happened to her when she was a kid. And all I could think about was like a little girl who like just who was sad and no one cared. And I could see my dad who tried like when he was a little boy, like just wanting so badly to be good enough for his dad. And, um, and he just learned to um, give everything away in service and never take care of himself. Um, 
and he learned to be a martyr. And like that, so yeah, my parents were people who just had like painful things happen to them and they didn't know what to do about it. And, and yeah, so the resentment was gone and I was just left with compassion for them. Um, and then, then I learned how to, right, let me back up. So then step one is powerless. Step two admitted I or came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Um, so that was where hope came from was going to meetings and hearing the stories of people who were just like me, who had been like on, like wanting to kill themselves, who had been powerless over the food and were now living happy, successful lives. And like, most importantly, having thriving relationships with their parents and with their spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. And, and seeing that like showed me that it was possible for me. Cause like, I was so desperate for that because like program sucks at first. Like when you're first trying to get abs abstinent and like day four is always the hardest one for me. Like I did so many day fours and slipped up. Um, day four was always the hump. And like when I'm there and like, and I'm like literally like in my car on the phone all day, making outreach calls to avoid going into uh, whichever store to get what I wanted to get. I'm like literally like squeezing the steering wheel. And it's like that all day, like literally white knuckling it. And I'm like, what, like, why am I doing this? Like, why is this happening? Like, that's when I need to go to a meeting and hear someone be like, oh yeah, I was there. And like, look at my life now and acknowledge that it was worth it. And so for me, step two is seeing what's possible. And, um, and then step three, that was the one where I really got to connect with what my higher power is. And growing up, I was raised in a religious household. And like, that's so God 10. 10 minutes. Thank you. Living in a religious household, I had a very, I had been taught what God was. And so, you know, I read the Bible and had all of these images of God. But you know what's funny? Even though, like, you know, my conception of God came out of a book. God really looked like my parents, like a lot, like my parents, like to me, God was this powerful being who was like sitting back and like waiting for me to figure it out. And then once I'm good enough, then he'll show up for me. And so God was like this, I don't want to say transactional, but yeah, it's like, he loved me he's like got his arms folded and it's like, well, Kevin, like, you know, I would love to give you the good things in life, but like, you really need to like get your shit together and like figure out like how to live according to like my ways. And then I'll help you. And, um, guess what? That's what my parents were like. So, um, yeah, God looked a lot like my parents and God was something that I un like intellectualized rather than felt. And that stopped working for me. I had all these questions uh, about it. Like I was asking pastors and 
like asking other people. And like, I always had questions and that weren't getting answered. Um, and so then I became an agnostic and three years into program, man, that's weird to say, wait, is it? Yeah. Three years into program. I'm still an agnostic. Like I couldn't tell you what God is or things about him, but I can tell you that I have experienced a higher power. So God is something that, that instead of understanding, it's something I've experienced. And it wasn't something that I really chose. Like it was something that was already a part of me. It was already something I related to. Like I would be in a meeting and like hear someone share about like brutal childhood experiences, like being kidnapped and going into child prostitution and, and like, like really horrendous stuff. And then like getting into recovery and becoming a therapist and becoming someone who can help people who experience really severe trauma. And, and like, so I'm sitting in a meeting at this guy's house and there's like a picture of these two like African kids and um, they like look happy and they've got their school books and all this stuff. And so he was telling a story. He was like, those kids were kidnapped and when they were five and they were forced to become soldiers and kill people. And they were so traumatized by that. Like a lot of people tried to help them, but only this guy was able to help them because they could see in his eyes that they under, that he understood what they had been through. And I heard the story and I, I'm just, I cried the rest of the meeting. Like I was so impacted by that. It was one of the most beautiful things that I'd ever seen. Um, another time someone shared about, um, his daughter died of an overdose and he was going to go, um, he was actually planning to go kill the, the kid who had given her the, uh, the medicine, but he was in pro or excuse me, the drugs, his sponsor happened to call him at just the right time and, um, kept him from doing that. A couple of years later, that same kid ended up in program and this guy who was sharing, he sponsored him. He sponsored the, the boy who gave his daughter the drug she OD'd on. And that was such a powerful, mind-blowing act of forgiveness. Like, again, I cried. Um, or I would, I, was, I remember watching a YouTube video about someone. It was about the, the man who, like, pioneered the the Russian space program and like all the horrific things that happened to him when he was uh, like in his life, it was brutal. And then it pointed out that like what his accomplishment was, was like one of the most like pivotal moments in human history. It was the first time humans had ever been to space and it was brought to us by someone who had the most unfair, brutal, mistreated life ever. And like I have a lump in my throat thinking about that, that it's like what's beautiful about that is it's it's almost like the the beauty that happens when forgiveness happens or when someone shows up or helps someone else, or even when people persevere and accomplish really great things, like something about that deeply moves me. 
And in program, I was invited by my sponsor to write five remaining, five remaining copy that I was encouraged to write a one ad for a higher power. And he said, make it a whole page, write a whole page. What do you want from a higher power? And so I wrote that and then it took me a while. And then I came back and he said, okay, now take that page that you wrote and boil it down to a single paragraph. I'm like, okay, I can take a swing at that. And then, um, so I did that and gave it to my sponsor. And then at the end, he said, okay, now I want you to boil it down to a single sentence. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 like it's too much stuff. And so, but I didn't even have to sit with it for very long. I was thinking about what I wrote and I was thinking about these things I experienced in the meetings and it came to me, to me, God is that which transcends suffering. And that could be, that could be love. That could be forgiveness. That could be perseverance. That could be humor. Like how many times you've been in a meeting and someone cracked a joke about like overeating. It's like serious stuff we're talking about. And it like, doesn't it make it just a little bit lighter? Like, of course, God has a sense of humor. Um, and I've experienced it personally, um, because like I said, I had a lot of guilt around how I treated my siblings growing up and like, I was particularly nasty to my sister and like, like vicious bullying. Like I made her life, a like, it was not good. It was, I, I made her life a living nightmare growing up. And um, early on in this process, I called her to talk about like the way I treated her growing up and like, just get real about it for the first time, talk about it, like ask what she thought about it. And um, after the conversation, she didn't, she decided she didn't want to talk to me anymore. And um, in program, I learned to take full responsibility. And so I wrote, I wrote her a letter making my amends. And I asked her if, if I could send it. And, and I did. And then I didn't hear anything for nine months. And um, in December, um, I got a text message. Like I found out through the family that she, she had had her first kid, um, making me an uncle for the first time. And um, and I felt, I was like, like, I, I remember when my little brother was born and like my grandma hadn't met him yet, but she was like, I love him already. And I like rolled my eyes at that, like, oh, that's some silly grandma shit. Um, no, I, that's real. Like when I saw his picture for the first time, I loved that little human. And, um, and it like made me sad that I didn't get to, to meet him because like, because of the disconnect between me and my sister and around Christmas time, she reached out to me and she sent me a text telling me that she, she thanked me for my apology. And she said she wanted to have a relationship with me again. And And like, we've been taking it slow and like just started with texting. 
and um uh about a month ago and like every single time it was like like I could feel it's like just a text message it'd be about something stupid like something that the dog had done but like every single time like I felt the the warmth and like of all the amends that I had to make this was the one that was like I thought was going to take the longest and and it happened in just two years and like that's what I'm telling you like higher power is something that I've experienced that should not have happened like, like, I don't deserve to have a sister after, like, I didn't, like, that was no, like, I don't deserve to have her in my life. And like, I, I felt One so powerless. Left. Thank you. I felt so powerless over, like, just not being able to change the past. And like, but she forgave, she chose to forgive. <laughs> and so that's what I'm saying, like, that transcended everything that happened before. Like everything that I, like, like everything that went wrong, like just choosing to forgive transcended that. And this is what I'm saying. Like higher power is not something that I understand. I don't know why she chose to do that. Like, but like love and forgiveness. And I'll end with this. I went, I went home. A month ago and I surprised my mom she lives in Maryland and I went home and I surprised her for Mother's Day and I told my sister I was coming in case like she wanted to not be there and she showed up and she brought my nephew and I got to meet him and play with him and um and I also got to connect with my mom and I got to and like, I got to do the thing that I thought was going to be so humiliating, which was to make amends to her. Like, I was so mad at her for how she treated me growing up. Like the thought of apologizing to her used to like, used to be a non-starter, but that's exactly what I did. And not only that, I apologized for telling people she was abusive and for like the pain that I caused her and for not being understanding. And, and then we spent after that, um, she accepted my my amends and then we ended the trip by going through like a photo album of when i was born and we got to connect with what that like like before all this shit happened like what it was like the day i was born for for her and that it was just a moment of pure joy and love and she told me like it was the best it was the best day of her life the day i was born and like by connecting with that, like the joy, the love, the unconditional love, I believe that's God. And, and it made like all the shit that's happened since then, 30 years of shit. It transcended all of that. And now I get to have a beautiful relationship with my mom, with my sister, and I get to learn how to forgive myself. And I get to do crazy fun shit like wear a captain america costume and like go out in public like this like i don't like i yeah like i didn't know that i i this is things are going better for me than i ever believed was possible and it's think thanks to this program and it's thanks to like just like admitting that I need help and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. Thanks guys. I'm done.
Oh my goodness, Kevin. I'm, I don't know. I think a lot of us are speechless. Just thank you for sharing your humility and your truth. It, 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 it's really deep. Ooh, ooh, thank you. Okay. Huh. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And I will call the raised hands in the order as they see them. And you will be asked, you will be asked to unmute so would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. And if the speakers ask a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Mm -hmm. So we've got lots of hands up. Miss Meredith, take it away, girl. Oh my gosh, Kevin. Wow. That was, that was amazing. I am not going to not be able to cry. So, um, gosh, so much. There's, there's so much in there for, for me. I mean, believe it or not, we have the same story in so many regards. And that is amazing to me too. Um, I did a stint in Al-Anon that was really helpful. And my sponsor told me, um, um, when I was, going through my divorce and kind of just bitching about it and to her. And she said, yeah, you're going to have to pray for him. She said, just, she said, this is how a lot of my prayers started out. Lord, you know, I don't mean a word of this, but, you know, give him everything that I want, security, peace, happiness, all that. And it works. It really does. Um, Boy, I, I don't know. You know, I've I've had my um, sibling relationships restored too. I mean, I don't think they're a hundred percent, but I just uh, my sister called me this morning, and we got ready for work together, and that I don't think that's ever happened. So it's just amazing. Um, You've given me so much to think about and uh, gosh, I just really appreciate. I feel like I just want to lay on the floor and cry, which will be cathartic and awesome. Thank you, Kevin. I'll pass. Thank you, Meredith. Angela? Hey everyone, I'm Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Um, thank you, everyone who's doing service. Um, Kevin, you had me at the very beginning. I just have been bawling your whole share. Um, I thank you so much for coming to this meeting. Um, you're courageous and um, humble um, share. Uh, I related to so much of it, you know, how the family gets healed, how um, parts of myself are being like glued back together again, becoming whole. Um, 
I feel like the reason why, I mean, this program, you know, I give full credit to this program. You know, I was in um, another program, but as long as I was still using my food, there's no way I needed a higher power, right? So I stalled in that program for about six years uh, when I came into this program, which is where I found my recovery. And I actually was able to, you know, define what a higher power could really look like for me, like you were saying. Um, then, it, then possibilities, right, were before me. That then, then, then I could see, you know, what, uh, how, um, how, how it might be able to work for me. Um, your story of how relationships have been healed, um, you know, this idea that, you know, why, why, how are these people finding it in their heart to forgive me? You know. Um, I had the same situation. I'm gonna, definitely going to cry over this. And it was, it is my sister who has two small children. And because of our relationship being broken, I have not been part of their lives, you know? And, um, and I know that she has not spoken badly about me because whenever I am around them, like they just, there's that pure love for me, even though we've not had a relationship, you know, I know that, um, even the even that relationship with my sister is, is healing little by little after, especially after I made an amends to her. Um, so, you know, it, it is incredible what happens when you work this program and um, just knowing that and just, yeah, witnessing it for other people. And then just, you know, you know, trying it on, you know, what if that could happen for me too, right? What if? So um, anyway, I just, I thank you for your raw share and um, I, I so, so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Penny, go ahead. Hi everybody. My name is Penny, I'm a compulsive overeater. Wow, Kevin, I, um, I too had to take my camera off and go get tissue. Um, that was just so, so moving your your honesty and that just like somebody else said just that raw rawness is just really really unbelievable you know this program works miracles right i um i have a brother and a sister who i'm going through some difficulties with in our relationship and you know i couldn't do it without this program you know this program that that teaches me how to stand my side of the street and and share honestly and you know, all those things, you know, it just, it repairs, this program just repairs, repairs, repairs. So I just wanted to claim my seat again. I was here last week. Uh, I've been here for several weeks and I spoke and I said that I needed a sponsor and uh, I do have a sponsor now. So I'm really grateful. I'm glad I spoke up last week and I'm glad I'm here and I'm glad I'm abstinent. And uh, again, Kevin, thank you so much for that beautiful share. That's all I have. Thank you, Penny. Okay, Amy. Let me start my timer. There we go. Hi, everybody. Amy B, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today from the food, at least. The rest of it is a moving target because I have a spiritual malady. Um, thank you so much to Ian and to Sally for uh, your service and everybody else for the service of being here tonight. And Kevin, um, yeah, uh, uh, thank you for sharing your story with us tonight. 
you you got me at the beginning when you said I decided I was worth saving. Um, that's a leap of faith too. And your conception of God, that which transcends suffering, um, is 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 beautiful. It's incredibly accessible. It matches everything that I feel about, that I'm taught about God living deep down inside every every person, adult and child. And that I am seeking God in myself and those ideas of that which trans suffering, transcends suffering, love, forgiveness, humor, having access to those deep down inside ourselves. And that's that's beautiful. I'm going to meditate on that. I'm so grateful for it. And I just want to say, I, I, I'm going to praise the principle and not the personality. The level of service, the selfless amount of service seen and unseen that you do in this fellowship, so, so selflessly giving back what you have been given. You are an inspiration to me personally, and I am so grateful to know you, to feel your light, to have been here, to like bear witness, not only to you, but to the God that you brought into this room and watching it connect all of us. Thank you for your service. I love you. I pass. Thank you, Amy. Dana? Um, I'm Dana, a compulsive overeater. Um, and I, I don't... I think everyone's kind of said what I want to say, but I just feel so lucky to be here tonight, Kevin. You know, your gift tonight is, it's its just awesome. And I think um, all that you've been giving is, come, it's cycling back out again. And thank, you know, you're, you're sharing, you're sharing all you've been given. And um, thank you so much. Really beautiful. Thank you, Dana. Carla, go ahead. Hey, Kevin. Um, welcome home and welcome home to everyone else that's here. And um, man, Kevin, um, I mean, I was just crying because what, what happened for me is going to that same place. You know, um, the miracle of the forgiveness I was given when I got here, but I couldn't forgive myself. I lived in horrible, morbid reflection. I, I got through the steps and in the fourth step, I literally thought I was going to die there. <laughs> I just could not face um, everything when I began to see the person I had been with not only my family, but with other people. And it took a second time through the steps for me to deal with that morbid reflection because I didn't really understand what it was. Once I realized and found out that what that really meant was that I consistently, constantly looked at what, what was wrong, what I had done wrong. Um, when I was able to, as your higher power transcends suffering, I, 
my, I, I already had a very close relationship with a higher power when I got here. And yet I could still not forgive myself. So that new awakening. But as you described, I kept thinking the whole time you were talking, who gets this? Who gets this? I say that all the time. Who gets this kind of life? that we can have fellowship with people that was totally broken and should have been broken from what I had done. And yet, look what we get, this new life, this way of living. I just came here to Quidini. I didn't come here to change. And yet you can't get where I am from where I was. And here I am. It's that sacred awe. And that's what I kept. That's what my tears were as you were speaking, is that sacred awe of watching what happens in a life transformed. Thank you so much for sharing tonight and bless you. Thank you, Carla. Nancy P. Uh, hi, Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. I confess I am curious to who you even are, since Amy said that you did all this service, so I've never even heard of you ever. Um, more to come on that. Anyways, um, I was struck by... Um, I had a conversation with a fellow, I, you know, I just got back from vacation and um, telling another fellow that I was talking to that when I go on vacation, that's the only time that I take money out of my bank. I don't make phone calls. I don't go to meetings. I don't, uh, I don't bring a scale. I did one small concession was I brought my own salad dressing just to make it easy for myself. But, you know, that's the only time that I depend on what's in my, you know, money in my bank that I put in every day. But you know, it was an it was an excellent vacation, and it was full of surrender and full of um, keeping my mouth shut and enjoy and amazingness and fantasticness. And um, the last people that we saw before we came back are um, the guy that was the best man at our wedding and his wife. And we haven't I haven't seen them in a long time. And the wife texted me and said, "We're going to be this and this and here and there." And she said, "Well, I." And my daughter was coming with us looking at graduate schools. And she said, well, I hope that she's the one that's changed the most because she was only two the last time that this woman saw her. And I said, ha, I said, the joke's on you. I said, because I've gotten younger and thinner and she still sucks her thumb. <laughs> and, um, and it was like a little joke to say that, you know, I, I have changed. And the thing, the conversation that I had with the, with this other fellow today was, um, that when I start at the beginning, instead of at the end, instead of expecting or wanting to start at the end, you read the big book, who wouldn't be uplifted by it? You hear uh, talks like tonight and you're like, yes, I want that. But um, getting there is kind of a slog until you sort of reach the halfway point or right before we will be amazed before we are halfway done. So there's a Point, there's a turning point when it stops being a slog and starts being a joy. And it's for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody gets the same. We all get the same kit of simple spiritual tools laid at our feet. You know, made at Joe's Simple Spiritual Tools Emporium and Bait Shop. You know, like it's all the same. Everybody gets the same. But if you if you do this work, or my experience has been, you know, when I did this work, you know, I spent almost five decades not doing the work, just wanting to be at the end and being resentful. But once I stopped and, you know, STFU and did what I was told, everything changed. And, um, you know, I don't have, um, I can just say that, um, you know, I was 
angry and jealous and resentful. And I had no friends in this program. I have like five friends, people that, you know, they had to, they were my friends because I was hard to be friends with. And, and now I have, I have a lot Gentle of Gentle reminder, my yeah. friend. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of friends. So when I started at the beginning and did what it said in the order that it said, everything that it says in the book, all of those promises have come true for me. And the last thing that I'll say is that the journey itself is the destination for me. Um, so thank you so much for an excellent, excellent talk. Thank you. And we are going to stop the recording now.